listeners, and welcome to this week's installment of Dead and Lovely, your absolute favorite horror movie review podcast in all the land. Here with your good buddies, Uncle Ben, and who's that hunky voice I got on the other end of this phone call here? Well, it's me, Hollywood Steve Spratley. Oh, listen to that sexy radio voice you got going on. This is my sexy radio voice. Coming in from the Hollywood Hills of California. Coming at you live from the Hollywood Hills in California, it's Hollywood Steve Spratling. Oh man, you're coming in pretty mild this week. Oh no, I can't. Oh, I couldn't keep up with that voice. If I kept Mm-mm. talking like that, can you imagine? I'd get off uh, of this uh, recording session, I'd go to talk to my wife, and she'd be like, oh no, an alien has taken over my husband, and she'd have to murder me. I mean, you know, unless your wife's really into that Delilah kind of sound. <laughs> Wait, maybe she is. I'm sorry, honey. Let me talk like this some more. Delilah. <laughs> I always just pictured her as like the biggest, like nastiest slob, just laying around eating pork rinds, and <laughs> she's just she's just a pure grosso. But she has that just smooth voice that really calms you down. I think that just in general, like, podcasts and stuff that I listen to don't talk nearly enough shit yeah, about fuck Delilah. Delilah. Fuck Delilah. Seriously. Bring it, Delilah. Uh-huh. I'd like to see what she has to say about some scurry movies. And let me tell you, Delilah, when we meet you at SummerSlam next year, you're going down. Get him. Get him. Get him. We're the world champions of podcasting over here. All right? I mean, where's Mark Marin in this? Ooh, huh? Ooh. He keeps backing down every time I'm like bring it Mark Marin. He's it. like, "Well, well, well, let's I want to uh, I'll apologize and and coffee." Uh, bring it Mark Marin. Bring it. You better bring, bring it to SummerSlam. Comedy Bang Bang, it's on. We're totally having a Royal Rumble at SummerSlam. Comedy Bang Bang, Mark Marin, Delilah, Dead and Lovely, and you know, some others to be determined. Fuck yeah, it's gonna be a Royal Rumble. Ride or die, motherfuckers. Woo! <laughs> Talking to you, Joe Rogan. <laughs> I wanna I wanna like try to bring DMX into this too and get him in this match. Oh hell yeah. I don't know I why. I would love. I well actually I'd be a little worried that he wouldn't realize that he should be faking it and we might all be murdered. <laughs> oh man. He's got blood on his hands. Yeah, he no remorse though. That's his situation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how's life been treating you out there in them hollywood hills this week steve oh man real great my wife and i went with uh some friends yesterday to the san bernardino mountains mm-hmm. um and it was uh it was real pretty nice and uh uh forested area we haven't been out of the city in in quite a while and uh, even though uh, la is full of trees and and uh greenery etc it's real nice to just get back into nature. We were hang- we were walking around a uh, a lake, uh, some big nice pine trees and things. It was real cool. That sounds like a good old time. It was. It was a good time. How about you, Ben? What have you been up to? I've been good. It is um, as we record this. It is September eleventh, twenty seventeen, and uh, it is weirdly cold in Tennessee right now. Usually around this time in Tennessee, hmm. it's it's still like you know ninety something and very humid. Yeah. But- uh, I actually had to put on some long pants today. I had to take off my summer shorts in what? favor of some long pants. It did not get good oh, to me. Man. I actually got really mad as I was hiking them britches up. I was like, well, fuck a ton of this. <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah, so it's been pretty cool lately, but I've been uh, I've been doing really well, man. Been really busy working on a ton of new 
uh, musical and otherwise ventures that are going to be a lot of fun and probably some pretty pretty good things to have on my old resume and i've been watching some good stuff man in preparation of the upcoming season two of stranger things kate and i've been watching through yeah uh stranger things season one which we actually just finished right before we started this podcast finished that first season up for the second time it's so fucking good man it really is it's really so fucking good yeah like uh, i just want to like restart it and watch it again it's still like a month away before we get that new season and I just really just want to like go back to that world and hang out with those kids some more. It was fucking hang awesome. Hang out with them kids. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh it's a great show. I really uh it's it's easily rewatchable yeah. and uh you find some new stuff in there. It's it's real interesting. I like that show. I you know, the only thing that I really hope that they that they get real with in season two, um uh-huh. I do hope that they spring for some practical effects, like on the monster and stuff, you know? Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, because that, like, that's honestly pretty much the only moment in the entire you know, series that did kind of pull me out of it a little bit. Yeah. Is like in that very last episode of the first season when you see the monster and they're kind of fighting it and stuff, and it's clearly CGI. Um, yeah. That's about the only time that it kind of pulled me out of it. Huh. Well, yeah, I... Yeah, I would say that moment was a little disappointing, but it didn't it didn't affect me much. I was still just like, this is so awesome. Oh, yeah. Eleven's the coolest. Fuck yeah, man. God damn, those kids do such. Yeah, they're so good. A great job, man. They do such a great job. And, you know, one thing that I had totally forgotten about um, until we watched it through again this time, you know all the parts where Eleven is kind of doing, like, remote viewing, and it's her on uh-huh. that stage that's just, like, black? Yeah. Have you ever seen that movie Beneath the Skin? No. Or, uh, wait, fucking Under the Skin. Damn it, I can't remember which one it is. With Scarlett Johansson? Scarlett Johansson, that's Under the Skin. Yeah, Under the uh, skin. I haven't seen it, no. Oh my fucking God, dude. There's some scenes in that movie, which did come out a couple of years before Stranger Things, that have a very, uh-huh. very similar feel to them to that. That's cool. You've absolutely got to watch that movie. I would love to cover it on the show sometime. I'd love for like whenever you watch it for the first time, just to do it on the show, because I would love to talk with you about it. I think it is a profoundly interesting movie. Not necessarily straight horror, um, Uh kind of sci-fi-ish, but I do think it has some very horrifying elements in it. There's some parts in that movie that weirded me out harder than almost any scary movie I think that I've seen. Fucking weird-ass movie. I love it, though. Awesome. I'll have to check that out. We're going to have to do it, I guess. I oh will, yeah. I will put off checking it out until we do it. Nice man. Nice. I think it'll be it could be a lot of fun to cover that one. So we've been watching through Stranger Things and just the other day we went and saw the remake of it, which Yeah. Uh you haven't seen yet, right? I haven't seen yet. No. I, it's uh, it's been out since Friday, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's just been out a couple days. Just a few days, yeah. Um, I'm gonna put off reviewing it or anything until until you watch it. But uh, awesome. all that I'll, all that I'll say about it so far is, I did like it quite a lot. I would see it okay. again gladly. Yeah, my, uh, our friends we were hanging out with yesterday had also seen it, and they also said that they really enjoyed it. So, I'm hearing good stuff. I'm uh, definitely interested in going to see it. My wife and I signed up for Movie Pass, which yeah. if if listeners don't know what it is, I'm not going to give them too much free advertising but basically you pay ten dollars a month and you can go see one movie at the theater a day 
uh, every day for the month. So That's badass. Yeah, we signed up for it, but uh, we're waiting for our cards to get in so that we can actually use it. Apparently, you know, they, they changed the price to $10 recently, and so a ton of people signed up, and now mm-hmm. everybody's having to wait for their cards. So uh, I don't wa- I don't want to pay a full price to go see it, but I really want to see it. So I really yeah. want Movie Pass to send me my goddamn card. That's a pretty cool kind of design, though. So it's basically like Spotify for movies. Yeah, yeah. Basically, you just have to you have a card, and then you download the app, and then when you're at the theater, you can use the app to pick what movie you want to see, and then you just scan your card, and it prints out your ticket for you. You can go to any theater. It's not like just Carmike or whatever. Um, I it's not. Yeah, it's not any one particular theater wow. chain. And whenever you uh, look it up on their website it just basically shows every theater like I, I couldn't see a theater that was missing when i i looked so i i'm guessing everywhere damn <laughs> that yeah. sounds really cool yeah that you know i mean really seriously especially if you live in a city how much is a, a regular movie ticket in la now it's got to be like 12 or 15 bucks <sighs> right oh it's more than that um if you go to if you go to the grove i think it's like 1650 or Fuck, something dude so it's like yeah. if you're going to see less than one movie a month that pays for itself oh yeah yeah my wife and i immediately wow. were like this is perfect this like date night ends up paying for itself like yeah go see a movie maybe you know grab a couple slices of pizza and boom you've spent like you know 10 bucks on an awesome date that's awesome man that's definitely something i would definitely consider checking out again if you're gonna see more than you know one flick a month it pays for itself yeah so right. hey, also Movie Pass, uh, pay us. We'll tell people how cool it is. I think we already are. Oh yeah, shit. Uh, everybody, <laughs> it's not cool. They haven't paid us yet. Yeah, so fuck it. Well, Steve, what have you been watching at home here lately? Um, well, I've just been catching up on season three of Rick and Morty today. Yeah. I've heard I've heard that that's fucking awesome. Yeah, Rick and Morty's amazing. It's seriously, I would say like. I grew up watching sci-fi and I really love uh, Star Trek and, and stuff like that, but I would say Rick and Morty is the best sci-fi show ever. Damn, for real? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Without a doubt. It's it's so much so much deeper as like a sci-fi concept than any other show I've ever seen while also being entirely entertaining the whole time. Like you don't get bored. Yeah. Like the sci-fi, the sci-fi, it's like super hard sci-fi. But at the same time, it's hilarious, and uh, the stories are just so well done. And also, like, uh, it can be very heartbreaking and emotional for uh, a show that's, you know, uh, had its main character turn into a pickle for an episode. Like, it's uh, it's really awesome. See, I've only watched, a, like, a handful of season one. I think I've watched about three quarters of season one, and I liked it. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta you gotta keep watching. You gotta really get into it because that show. Um, do you watch BoJack Horseman? I've never watched it either. I've heard that I'd like it. Oh though. well, no, watch BoJack Horseman. Also, the new season is up on Netflix. Awesome show. Well, maybe I, love I it. do. Um, animated shows tend to be some of my favorites. Mm. Uh, I feel like when you don't have the problem of being in front of the camera and maybe being you know under hot lights for hours on end to do one disconnected scene mm-hmm. sometimes you can get a b- much better performance 
yeah. out of an actor when they're just in a sound booth. It's fair like, enough. Yeah, so like I think Will Arnett's amazing, but uh, specifically in BoJack Horseman, he is he's so good. I keep hearing that it's good, man. I'll definitely have to watch that. Have you watched any flicks lately? Um, let's see. My wife and I haven't really been watching any movies. We've been rewatching Game of Thrones season seven yes. to try to, you know, relive the experience. And oh yeah, super cool. Still, I still like it. I still I get people's complaints about it. Again, we've talked about this, but um, my wife and I noticed something recently that is pretty cool if anybody's gonna rewatch season seven pay attention the first time gilly and uh sam are, are talking over books in front of the fireplace i think it's episode three maybe mm-hmm. sam is reading about dragon glass and how there's a ton of it under dragonstone yeah well the book he's looking at just go ahead and pause it there is um a diagram of a dagger that is the dagger that uh that um aria now has yeah i did notice that actually yeah, the yeah. Se- like we re- we uh rewatched that episode as well and we noticed that we're like damn it that's the dagger that aria has that was uh-huh. originally used to try to murder bran right yeah if you uh pause it and read that page as much as you can um what it says is that uh along with valerian steel basically in the targaryen rule people also uh started making hilts out of dragon glass so the the picture of that dagger is on that page so it must be an example then of a a a valerian steel blade that has a dragon glass hilt which is pretty cool that thing's just double dipping in white walker killing power for real so hopefully Arya just takes them all out oh i'd love to see that man awesome she's cool uh, I've also been watching Cheers. I oh, should yeah? mention because I, um, yeah, I, I've just heard from so many people I respect, so many writers I respect how great Cheers is. And I remember seeing, I guess, the later seasons as a young man and not really uh, being as into it. I think it was those later seasons were also on around the same time as Seinfeld, mm-hmm. and so it was like Seinfeld was what I was paying attention to. Oh, yeah. Cheers was, you know, in its last death throes. Um, I recommend Cheers. That first season, at least, is really funny. Like, really genuinely uh, well-crafted stories for that format. Like that uh, early '80s sitcom format. It was. Yeah? It was go. It was above and beyond all the other shows that were on at the time. So, man, except for maybe Mash. I have watched a handful of episodes of Cheers, and I have really enjoyed them, especially the appearance of the Fraser Crane character and stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. But that theme song to Cheers throws me into extreme spirals of depression the instant that I hear it. Making your way in the world today. Uh, especially that part, dude. Like, uh. Takes everything you got. No. The part where it goes from the three chord to the four chord just gets me really, really bad. It, like. Wouldn't you like to get away? Uh, like, I'm, co- <laughs> I'm cocking the gun right now. Yeah. You know? It really it's bugs me out. initiating the Ben Eller self-destruct sequence. Well, it's because, like, it reminds me of... I, I believe I've mentioned on another episode or two, like my uh, my nana who was just like a fucking pillhead her whole life. Uh huh. 
every time that I would go over there to like see my grandparents and stuff, she would, without fail, be laying on the bed, watching TV, and it seems like most all the time, for some for some reason, every time I'd go over there, Cheers was on. And so, like, that theme song just kind of, like, reminds me of, like, yeah. being over at my grandparents' musty old house with my pilled-out uh. Nana and stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> like, please, no. Like, it really bums me out. But it sucks because I want to watch that show because everything I've watched is really fucking good. I just got to get through that fucking yeah. theme song. The, the character of Coach... Um, who I think is only in the first two seasons, the actor died and then was oh. replaced by Woody Harrelson, which is, you know, a good choice. Yeah. Um, the character of Coach is seriously one of the great sitcom characters of all time. Damn. Because he's he's uh, equally chaos and, um, and a, like... Uh, a stand-in for the audience almost mm-hmm. and he he's like just uh dull quick wit like he's dumb but he's quick about it mm-hmm. like it, it's i really enjoy uh any interactions where you see coach in those first two seasons really good also shelly long's awesome shit yeah man one of these days i'll get around to to sitting through and just fast forward in that theme song as fast as i fucking can every time <laughs> man it starts with a cold open, so you like you'd have to watch the cold open, then fast forward every goddamn time. It's so annoying. It might be worth it. Yeah. You know. Also, last night I watched a a Turkish horror movie called Baskin. Yeah, I've seen it, and it's awesome. It is wild as fuck. Like it's one of those yeah. that I had seen on Netflix. You know, just scrolling through, and I was like, yeah, whatever. That seems interesting. But then I listened to. I can't remember. Somebody mentioned on some other podcast I was listening to talking about how sick it was. And I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. So I sat down last night to watch it while I was practicing guitar. And I kind of like quit practicing guitar really fast. That movie is nuts. It sucks you in. Yeah. Dude. It's insane. Yeah. I love it. It's so crazy. And it starts off like, to me, it reminds me of like a Turkish take on like a Giallo flick because... Mm-hmm. It's all these super bright colored lights and there's kind of a police sort of mystery story and all this kind of jazz. But then kind of once it gets into the meat of the story, it's almost like suddenly they let Clive Barker take the story over. It gets <laughs> warped and fucking nuts, man. It was um, it was interesting. I want to watch it again to see if it was all shock and awe or if it really was amazing, you know? Yeah, I'd I'd like to see it a second time because it it really does like it takes you on a ride and maybe if you watch it the second time it's not as good but I think it is I think it probably is I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. So definitely recommend that. It's on Netflix right now. Baskin B A S K I N. In addition to these good things that we've been watching lately, we also watched something this week that is a very very bad. Is it not good? It is. It's not. It's not good, and I'm so excited to talk about it because I think that this is going to be one of the first movies, probably the first movie that we've done on this podcast that we both really just fucking didn't like. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm talking about good old Jeepers Creepers from 2001, um, which I hadn't seen since I was probably like 16 or 17. When was the last time you watched it? I. Uh, saw it when it came out I would imagine around well when it came out on video I would think yeah it's probably around 2002 or something yeah so it's been 15 years yeah um yeah it's 
not good. No. It is a not good movie. And this movie came out pre-9-11, Ben. So oh, wow. you got to keep that in mind. Like, the, the joy of not having the World Trade Center taken down. <laughs> was still in our hearts so it's maybe true. that'll ex- that'll maybe explain some things about this movie but um this movie was uh written and directed by a convicted pedophile and disgusting fuck victor salva yeah i learned that after i watched the movie then i was yeah. like oh mm-hmm. fuck yeah i didn't i didn't pay attention to anything we i think we both just said let's do jeepers creepers yeah. and i didn't know who directed it i honestly will go ahead and say that to our listeners don't watch it yeah. uh because it, it's not streaming anywhere and i had to pay to rent it and that's money that is somewhat gonna end up in a pedophile's pocket yeah so fuck that, him. that's how i felt about it too it was like man if this is just for free and i watched it anyway uh, i mean i already feel kind of bad that we're sitting here just kind of giving publicity to a fucking convicted yeah. you know pedophile who filmed who filmed himself fooling around with a 12 year old on the set of one of his own movies um mm-hmm. Seriously, fuck that guy, man. What a piece of shit. I have uh, I have zero tolerance for fucking pedophiles and stuff like that, man. That's that's one of those yeah. things that men like I don't, there's areas of there's areas of life that I think that there's room for forgiveness or a slip up or it was just an accident. Sure. But it's yeah. like to me, man, people who take advantage or abuse, you know, physically or sexually or whatever, old people, kids or animals, yeah, fuck yeah. you. You're a piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there uh I don't think there can be redemption for having had done that. Like having no. having having uh you know, uh performed oral sex on a 12-year-old and filmed it yeah. um uh, no. against against his will. There uh, yeah, there's no there's no redemption from that. There's no coming back from that. You did that and it's disgusting that some producers have given him second chances yeah, since then. Including fucking uh Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah, who's the executive producer of this film. And um this this all happened in night he this happened in eighty eight he was convicted. He only ended up serving fifteen years in jail. Fifteen months. Or fifteen months in jail and uh he completed his parole in nineteen ninety two. After that he started working again. And he directed Powder, which was like a big budget Hollywood movie. And people were like, hey, that's a convicted pedophile. So Powder didn't do very well. But yeah, that's then people disgusting. just sort of forgot about it. People just kind of forgot about it after that. It yeah. Because Jeepers Creepers, uh, $10 million budget, it made $59 million in the box office. Holy fuck, really? Yeah, it broke the record for the highest ever Labor Day opening weekend, four-day gross. Um, and it held on to the record for two years until the release of Jeepers Creepers 2 beat it. Yuck. So, yeah, so people just either didn't care or just forgot. Like, this is a convicted pedophile. I just want to go see something. It's Labor Day weekend. That's the thing is, like, obviously I had seen Jeepers Creepers before. I knew of the sequels. I knew of yeah. Powder. I'd seen Powder years and years ago. But, like... Uh-huh. I don't remember anybody ever talking about how the director was a fucking pedophile. And it's like, just by comparison, you can't mention, like, let's say Roman Polanski. Yeah. And not hear pedophile mentioned in the same breath. So I, I just really wonder who 
who this guy's publicist is that paid off so many people to be like, yeah, just don't mention the pedophile thing because he is a pedophile. What if um, whoever his publicist is, this movie is about him? Okay, I, I'm so glad that you talked about that because there's there's a theory about this movie that I want to get into oh, as we get into okay. it as well. <laughs> yeah, so <That's> awesome. <laughs> that actually lines up very well with what you're talking about right there. So we will get into that. But yeah, long story short, fuck a fucking pedophile. Don't give this guy your money. Don't fucking pay to watch mm. this movie. I will act. I'll actively uh, go ahead and say that if you were to illegally download this and tell me about it, I would shrug. I don't care. Yeah. I don't give and, a shit. And also, don't watch this movie because it fucking sucks. <laughs> also, it sucks. Uh, it, to be fair to everyone else who worked on this film, they didn't molest children. Yeah, it's true. It's not their fault. And there there are things about this film that definitely deserve praise. Uh, none of it has to do with the writing or direction, though. So Definitely. Um, uh, fuck, yeah, fuck Victor Salva. And uh, this is honestly... Uh, living in Hollywood and trying to make it as a writer, this could uh, fuck with my career. But <laughs> fuck Victor Salva. Yeah. I mean, fuck everybody who is just looking the other way when you're still hiring a fucking convicted pedophile. We're not talking a convicted child rapist. Yeah. We're not talking about, like, there was some ambiguity or suspicions. Yeah. We're not talking about the Brian Singer situation where there have been allegations, but we don't have hard evidence but it's still like well it's probably happened. i don't know no this guy had like child pornography in his house and shit yeah and one of those pornos was him uh sucking a 12 year old boy's dick yeah he's fucked up well, so he's fucked so, up and that's wrong yeah so fuck this guy but uh justin long didn't molest the child so yeah let's uh let's just forget that and try to talk about this movie i guess but you know it's the kind of thing that makes me wonder as far as the fact that this guy managed to continue having a career after he yeah. fucking blew a kid well listen if you uh, can take a small 10 million dollar budget and turn it into 59 million dollars nobody gives a shit in hollywood well it's... i don't want to get too like ultra dark on this podcast about it but I i've heard so many rumors and stories and all this kind of jazz over the years from you know even actors like elijah wood and, and cats like this that there is a gigantic you know pedophilia ring in hollywood and that it's a legitimate real thing that is mm. well they're also uh pedophilia allegations against our own current president yeah exactly so, um yeah i don't want to i don't want to get pizza gatey uh yeah because same the type of people who believe that are actually hurting the real cause uh, child sex trafficking, sex trafficking in general, are real, mm -hmm. actual problems. Oh yeah, that are it's a huge business worldwide. Um, the assholes who created the PizzaGate uh, conspiracy are hurting discrediting, that actual. Yeah. yeah, they're discrediting the actual issue, which is that it does really truly happen. And I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, honestly, there've been enough allegations from from young male and female actors throughout you know the past 50 years about being molested by producers yeah, and yeah. directors and stuff that uh, you know it might not be some deep conspiracy but there's definitely something problematic about yeah. that situation it just makes you wonder i mean dude the fact that like you know if you work at pizza hut and you get caught smoking a joint on your break and then you'll never work again after that but then yeah. this guy can blow a kid on, t you know, on fucking camera, mm -hmm. and still get grants and uh, you know production money to do his movies afterwards. It just, mm -hmm. 
it just makes you wonder. I don't know. Does, does that make sense? No, it, it makes total sense. Disgusting. I, yeah. I don't want to talk too much about pedophilia in this episode, but I think it's going to be unavoidable with some of the things that I see in this movie. Yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, considering that this is definitely the most hated movie that we've ever done on this podcast, I thought that it would be a really fun idea if before we get into our movie review portion of the show, if me and Steve just sit down here and give you guys our top five most hated movies that we've ever watched. And I want to put it out there that... You know, these aren't like, we're not including stuff that's just like an absolute, like obvious piece of shit that was made by untalented, zero budget, you know, like Plan 9 from Outer Space and um, yeah. stuff like that. We're not including just very badly made movies. I'm talking about the movies that when we watched them, it made our fucking blood pressure go up and hate that we wasted precious hours of our lives that we'll never yep. get back again. <laughs> Uh-huh. Now, Steve, when I say those kinds of things, what's the first movie that comes to mind for you? Um, the first movie that comes to mind for me, and this is just uh, an out there movie. It's the movie Ultraviolet with oh, Mila Hovich. I heard that was just fucking awful. I never saw it. That movie is just anger-inducingly terrible <laughs> to the like to the extent that I was seeing it in a dollar theater and legitimately considered going and asking for my money back if it weren't for the people with me i would have the people with me wanted to continue watching the movie i it was horrendous it's so bad it makes no sense it none of it comes together it's all visual there's no real story to it it's terrible i hate it oh man dude yeah that's one of those that i heard that was just like unbelievably unwatchable yeah it's so terrible and I don't need, like, I would say if you are the type of person who likes movies that are so bad, they're good. You might hear this and think like, oh, okay, that'll be fun. I don't know. It, to me, there wasn't even any like fun in making fun of it. I know what you mean. There's those movies that are like really fucking bad, but you can sit and watch them and laugh about it. Like The Room or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Ultraviolet's just boring. Yeah. That's dude. That's the most offensive thing is when something is so <laughs> worthless that it, you, there's nothing to even make fun of. What about you, Ben? What's your first one? Well, that's kind of how I feel about my first one on my list here. It is a movie that I'm quite sure it was never in theaters, but went straight to video or streaming called Reaper. Have you ever seen this? Reaper. No, who is in Reaper? Nobody. Absolutely fucking nobody. <laughs> and I got completely fucking catfished into this movie. I watched it maybe a year <laughs> or so ago. And my uh, uh, most of you guys probably know my life is like extremely insanely busy. I always have like a fucking dozen, you know, projects going at a time to where anytime that I get the chance just to like relax and watch a movie for fun, you know, just to yeah. seriously just to sit and watch a movie for no other reason, it's really just a, a total a total blessing. So this one night, um, about a year or so ago, I was sitting down. I actually had a free night. I had everything done in, in advance and ahead of time, and I was like, okay, let's just find a horror movie that I've never seen. So I scanned through, I think I was looking on like uh, probably Amazon or something, trying to find uh-huh. a movie I hadn't seen. And you know how like on Amazon, uh, on Amazon Prime Video, they have like the IMDb ratings on each movie? Yeah. So the IMDb rating for this movie was really high. And I was like, well, what the fuck? Let's give it a try. You know, maybe it'll at least be so bad that it's funny. But I had like an 8 out of 10 or something. So I start this movie 
And dude, it is just an appalling pile of fucking horseshit. It is huh. absolutely indecipherable, boring, plotless, fucking pointless, horrific movie. I sat here and watched this movie and I was like, God damn it, this was a waste of my one free night that I had. <laughs> it's like I could have watched Fuck literally this anything. Movie. Fuck this movie. Yeah. And so then I went. I was like, I've got to see if I'm out of my mind. Let's read these IMDb reviews and see what everybody liked about this fucking pile of shit movie so much, right? Yeah. And you go on there, and the first, like, five reviews are, like, ten-star reviews, and it's like, oh, my gosh, what an original and fun movie. I have never seen anything like it. Be sure to stream it now. Like, huh? just these totally, like, copy-and-paste reviews, you know? Right. And then you get into like, you know, two or three like one star reviews of being like, oh my God, what's up with all these fake fucking reviews somebody posted <laughs> up on here? This movie's a pile of hot shit. So yeah, I, I got catfished into watching it and watched just a horrible, awful movie. So Reaper is worthless. Fuck that movie. Well, Ben, that does sound real terrible. And I, I couldn't think of a movie that I got catfished into, but there's a movie that I got, um, I guess, real fished into mm -hmm. uh, that is extremely popular and I fucking hate. And it's a movie called Boondock Saints. Wait. I hate Boondock Saints with a fiery passion. For real? Yeah. Like Boondock Saints, like Norman Reedus and shit. Yeah. Uh-huh. You hate that movie. I hate it okay. so much. I will I will tell you I want to hear your whole story but I will say I actually do think it is one of the more overrated movies of all time. Um, awesome. I'm fine with <laughs> it but I don't it's definitely not on my list of like shit I hate the most. What do you hate so much yeah. about it? Okay, so essentially Boondock Saints is the, the 20 years of indie filmmaking leading up to that point boiled down to what a Boston moron would think. <laughs> is uh, a good indie movie. And I'm not saying everybody in Boston is a moron, but we all know what I mean when I say yeah, yeah, Boston yeah. moron. Um, Go Sox. Yeah. Well, Tom Brady never done nothing to nobody. <laughs> uh, listen, that movie, like, the lines are terrible. Yeah, there's some just dialogue that's unbelievably bad in that movie. The dialogue's so bad, and, like, the, the plot is convoluted and stupid. Like, it, yeah. it doesn't lead up to anything. It's all, like, the movie just thinks it's cool. Like, and everybody went with it. It's like the Fonz of a movie. Like, everybody was <laughs> like, yeah, the Fonz is cool. Hey. Yeah, he, he, he calls the bathroom his office. That's not weird. <laughs> like... Like, fuck that movie. It's so goddamn stupid. And listen, no problem. Honestly, I love Norman Reedus. Uh, who else is in that movie? Willem Dafoe. Uh, Willem Dafoe. I love Willem Dafoe. Uh, there, there's, there's some good stuff. Willem Dafoe's performance is good. Yeah. His character is stupidly written. He's a cross-dressing FBI agent. Oh wow, yeah. you're so original and cool. That's Edgy. not interesting. We've all seen. Uh, Quentin Tarantino's movies and Memento and all those movies that you're trying to like make some sort of go at mm -hmm. I, I, fuck you no more goddamn boondock saints bullshit anybody who says it's a good movie was probably 13 when they watched it and didn't know that there were 20 years of indie movies leading up to it that made it 
the movie it is and it's not original in in any way and it's so like it feels like they think they're original and cool throughout but they're not that's that is a great way to kind of sum it up like you you can totally tell that the people that were making this movie really thought that they were making like reservoir dogs part two yeah or something along those lines yeah they definitely were not i mean uh honestly though when i go back and watch reservoir dogs that movie's still so good and some fuck yeah like some of the lines uh, i look at and i'm like yeah that's a it's a bit of a corny line and and not too great especially that sort of opening scene scene in the diner i think some of that's just like okay no people don't talk like this but it's it's the aesthetic throughout the movie that sticks and you're just like okay i'll buy into it oh yeah but with boondock sage i just can't buy into it I know what you mean. It's one of those that, like, the first time that I watched it, I was with a ton of people that were just like, oh, my God, fuck, yeah, this is the best. And I was like, yeah, that mm-hmm. was that was pretty good. And then I think I watched it again, you know, a year or two later, and I was like, I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. You got peer pressured into liking it. I kind of I kind of did. And I know the whole uh-huh. time that I'm, that we're talking about this, my wife, I can, I can hear her German fist clenching because she really likes that movie. <laughs> so we're going to get some hate oh, mail. Well, we deserve it. <laughs> but I just think it's it's fun to talk to somebody who doesn't really like that movie because it is so uncool to not like that movie. Yeah, I apologize uh, to all the people out there who thought I was cool. Yeah. Who ever told you that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who ever told you we were fucking cool? I, I'm with <laughs> you, though, man. I, that is just a really overhyped movie with very, very silly dialogue and... I, I don't know, man. I, I know exactly what you mean. It kind of glamored me the first time, and then the second time I was like, wait a second, this is, like, really badly written in a lot of ways. Yeah. Interesting to talk to somebody who didn't like that, man. That's interesting. Now, my next one on my list that I'm going to put up here is a flick that uh, that my, my buddy Brandon Suttles, who I've mentioned many times on the show, a, a buddy of mine who got me really into a lot of more independent and artsy flicks and stuff like that thanks for that brandon also fuck you for making me watch bellflower because bellflower is a piece of fucking shit have you ever watched that bellflower i have not what is bellflower dude you'll watch the preview for it and think that maybe it's it seems like it could be cool it's like an artsy um independent flick and Mm -hmm. dude i seriously don't even remember much of what it was about it's one of those that just got you know, filed in my, the trash can of my brain of just fucking throw away whatever that was about. Um, I remember there were somewhat apocalyptic elements in it. I remember that there was a dude who built a homemade flamethrower and that sounds really cool, but it's fucking not. And he was like, (laughs) he was really obsessed with, um, Lord Humongous from Mad Max. Hmm. So I'm I'm saying Mad Max, I'm saying flamethrower and I'm saying post-apocalyptic and you're thinking, I yeah. don't know. I'm, I sound like I might be on board with this. But no. Except, dude, everybody in the movie is just an absolute fucking little bitch. Just a whiny little emo oh, little no. bitch, this whole movie. It was just a waste of time. It was one of the more pretentious, you know, artsy, fartsy, just waste of time. Like, it really reminded me of, I would say it reminded me of like a student film. But it reminds me more of like a student film that like a sixteen-year-old emo dude would make, you know? Yeah, I get what you're saying. So like, the basically the lines are like, 
Why did the world have to end? Dude, yes, it really is. It is exactly like that. It's fucking horrible. Fuck Bellflower. It's a stupid movie. And it's one of those movies where everything is orange and teal. Oh, God, fuck that. Ugh. Get out of here. Yeah, fuck orange Bellflower. And teal. What do you got next? <laughs> um, This is a little movie. Speaking of Brandon Suttles, um, this is a little movie that I believe i went to see at the theater with uh you and brandon suttles and some other friends oh boy uh it's a movie called indiana jones and the kingdom of the crystal skull <laughs> you did see that with us in the theater dude and it yeah. was mondo disappointing <laughs> it really was we all walked out of that film just like what the fuck <laughs> what Man, a fuck stupid that movie, movie. God damn it. And you know what? The thing is that <laughs> Indiana Jones is not one of those things that I would say is sacred to me because as a kid, I only liked uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark and Last Crusade. Yeah. I thought, you know, um, what's the other one? Uh, Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom is terrible. I, well, that's, a, I that's everybody. That like, Temple of Doom is yeah. fun to like joke around about and quote, but it's really, yeah. it, it's not a it really has fuck all to do with the first and third ones. But I, I assumed since they had been working on Kingdom of the Crystal Skull forever, yep. you know, like this is going to be at least on par with Last Crusade, I guess. Like, you know, still fun. Maybe there are some flaws, et cetera, but it's fun and you want to watch it. Yeah. That's not the case at all. No. It's horrendous. It's terrible. It's stupid. I can't. All I can remember are the set pieces with like the chase through the jungle and stuff like that because the story was so goddamn dumb it, it's fucking it was dumb. like who cares Dude, yeah why bring fucking aliens into a series <sighs> which has mostly yeah. been about like mythology nazis. and history and biblical mythology and so on and nazis yeah like why fucking bring sci-fi into this shit yeah i don't know and you know what's funny too is like leading up to this like, of course, this, you know, that movie came out years and years and years ago, but actually Kate's sister had this idea for like an Indiana Jones story uh -huh. that was going to be based around the, um, shit, I can't remember what they call it, but it's like the spear that was used to stab like Jesus's side. Okay. Yeah. Which was actually like an apparent Nazi artifact that the Hitler yeah, men were was. trying to find. Uh, I don't remember what it's called, but I do remember that story. But, dude, like, that would be bad as shit. Like, that would be an awesome yeah. Indiana Jones storyline. And I want to say that they used it for, like, a short story or a video game later on. And we we're like, damn it, that's Jesse's story. But fucking aliens? Really? Yeah. There's nowhere, there's nowhere to go with that. Like, just make a different movie. Like, if you really want to explore the Crystal Skulls, like... Make a movie called The Crystal Skulls. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Don't go somewhere Don't involve else. Indiana Jones. No, huh? Exactly. Make that movie, make Shia LaBeouf the main character, and make it a new franchise or whatever. Don't fucking sure. bring Indiana into this. Ugh, it was so bad, dude. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, what's your next one, man? Well, that movie made me really, really, really mad whenever I watched it because it really, you know, as, as South Park so well illustrated, it really did just rape my childhood to watch that. Yeah, it yeah, it wasn't good. But it did not make me mad as watching Tree of Life. 
<laughs> Did you watch Tree of Life? I haven't seen Tree of Life. Terrence Malick's uh, extremely long movie. It is such a hot pile of fucking horse shit. That movie. Okay. Like, dude, if Bellflower is like a student film made by like a 16-year-old, Tree of uh-huh. Life is like a student film made by like an 18-year-old. Oh, well, you know, at least he's got some more world experience. He's been driving for a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, at least there's that, man. He's he's maybe bought a pack of cigarettes or two. Oh, man. It, so cool, dude, right? Dude, Tree of Life is the most pretentious movie I have ever seen in my entire life. It is fucking horseshit. It is the dumbest, most pointless, poorly <laughs> executed, just fucking, oh, my God, dude. Arrogant fucking shitty movie. Ever. I have no idea how they got all those actors that are in it. Brad Pitt, all kinds of people are in the movie. I don't know how they got those people signed on to do that flick, dude. It's the kind of thing where it'll, you know, it'll have like a scene of like, you know, Brad Pitt, you know, staring out at the setting sun. And then there's like a voiceover of Kate Blanchett. And she's like, and their words were written in the water like silver. And my life oh. flowed like ashes beneath the rain. Mm. Like, just bullshit. It's just fucking bullshit, Go away. dude. Oh. The whole by, by the movie. Way, that's uh, two Kate Blanchett movies in a row. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. And I love Kate Blanchett. So. I do, too. I do, too. Absolutely so. I don't know. Is she in Tree of Life? It probably is her, I would imagine. I, I'm not positive. It's fucking horrible, dude. And it's like, it's all about kind of like families in different walks of life and shit like this. But at one point, there's a flashback to the fucking dinosaurs. Right. The the show. Yeah. Not the mama. Not the mama and so on. Exactly. Okay. And like. Now, it, you're, now I'm intrigued. Yeah, I'm kind of interested at that point. But, <laughs> but they don't talk or do anything fun. It seriously like flashes back to like 10 million years ago. And it shows like dinosaurs walking around in the forest as like a family. And then like an asteroid hits. It's just uh. hot fucking dog shit. It's one of those that like I really imagine Terrence Malick was just like kind of secretly sniggering behind the camera. Being like people are going to think this is so smart. I think he's just fucking with us all. <laughs> It is a pile of shit movie. Don't ever watch it. It's a waste of time. That's awesome. I, Ugh. I, I probably will waste my time on it at some point anyway. No, oh, it's, it's like it's like four hours. That thing's so long. Right? Yes, it is. It is gigantic and it's the worst, man. So what do you got next on your shit list? Oh, man. OK, so. I went in 1998 to the movie theater to see a motion picture called Godzilla. <laughs> you know, I've never seen it. I went with my cousin, buddy. Come with me. Um, yeah, we fell asleep, I believe, 30 minutes into the movie. Ooh. Both of us fell asleep. We both woke up around the same time later because it got real loud, and we just looked at each other and were like, you want to go? And we just <laughs> left. <laughs> I later watched it and still was just like, God, fuck this movie. Like... It's so bad. Like we had, uh, we had watched some Godzilla movies, and we also watched like late at night on Cartoon Network. At that time, they would play stuff like the Godzilla cartoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And we would watch that, and we were like, "Oh, this will be fun," because like we had this like one. A lot of the stories of the Godzilla movies are still interesting. But it's also like campy fun. Totally. So we're thinking like, oh, this is going to be campy fun. 
and it's not it's overly serious and poorly written and terribly executed like how do you do that how do you take a property that you could have you could have seriously done it as cheesy as you could possibly do it and people would have been happier than what you end up making yeah have some fun with it acknowledge that the franchise is kind of built on cheese and camp yeah instead they have matthew broderick playing a worm expert who they for some reason bring in to (laughs) study a giant lizard what (sighs) oh that sounds painful the size of godzilla keeps changing at some points he's like so big he's taller than all the buildings in new york and at some point so small that it can fit in the subway tunnels like what it makes no sense whatsoever uh oh it's i guess also female because it lays eggs in madison square garden in like the locker room so how did it get in there how like madison square garden's not like bombed out when they get there it's just madison square garden but there are eggs in a locker room what the The, fuck uh, from a a gigantic lizard that was bigger than all the buildings in new york a few minutes ago like it just crawled up to them front doors and fucking cannon pooped them into there yeah just shot them in there that makes sense (laughs) that sounds plausible yeah fuck that movie well you know man one more here that uh, uh, i mentioned a second ago that like uh you know Crystal Skull was just like a rape of my childhood, but really, if you want to talk about something that just like absolutely obliterated my childhood into the dust and made me want to die, okay, it's the Spike Jones abomination of where the wild things are. Oh no! I absolutely okay. fucking hate the dog shit out of that movie. It made me. All right, let's hear why. What's what's going on with it? I mean, I've heard this from a ton of people, but. Why, why in particular for you? Dude, Where the Wild Things Are when I was a kid was like my fucking favorite. Maurice Sendak's yeah. art direction and stuff like this, yeah. his style visually was just absolute awesome. magic, dude. I We had all of his books when I was a kid and stuff, and we used to read them all the time. Where the Wild Things Are was my favorite. We had it on tape and would listen to like the audio tape of it and stuff all the time and look at the pictures. And it was one of those things where like my childhood was Where the Wild Things Are, you know? Yeah. That was my story. And uh, so whenever I find out that they're making a movie of it, I was like, oh, sick. And then I find out Spike Jones is doing it. And I'm like, double sick. And then uh-huh. and then I see, like, you know, production stills of the monsters. And I'm like, triple sick. <laughs> and then we went and saw it. And I'm like, I want to be sick. <laughs> Dude, like, every fucking monster in that movie needs to be on Prozac. Like, they are all the most fucking emo, whiny, bitchy, yeah. fucking emotional wrecks I've ever seen. And I understand, I understand what he's going for here. I understand that this is how, you know, Max views the adults in the movie. They're fighting and they're getting their feelings hurt and yada yada. I understand. But that is mm-hmm. not what the source material was about, um, at least to me anyway. Apparently, Maurice Sendak signed off on the movie and said that he loved it, but. Yeah. It was just not what I thought that that story meant, man. All the fucking parts in that movie, right when it was starting to be, like, kind of fun, one Uh of those monsters would go and get its fucking feelings hurt and stomp off and make a scene, and it just, it made me so fucking mad to see what was such a joyful, you know, bright light of my childhood turned into just this fucking dark emo 
depressing ass shit. I absolutely hate that movie. I don't know that I've ever walked out of a movie theater as mad as I was when I watched that movie. <laughs> I was like fucking furious. I actually um, enjoyed it just fine. I can I, understand why. I think though that your criticism is absolutely valid and I don't think that you could turn the source material into a movie people would appreciate. Yeah. It's either going to be too short or um, it's it's going to have too much just uh, visual without any real, like, dialogue. Because the, the source material is tiny. It's a little bitty book. Totally. And not a lot happens in it. So, like, it, it would be so hard. And, like, the thing that we enjoyed, I think, the most about it, the thing I remember loving when I first saw it in kindergarten was the art and, it's like, beautiful. the way that... Yeah, the way that like I related to Max yeah. and I felt the same way as he did, etc. I think it's just yeah, it's just a weird thing to try to turn into a full feature length movie. Yeah, it's now see, it's the kind of thing that if that movie would have been released, you know, now for example, it could have been a thirty or forty minute long Netflix special. Yeah, it could have been better. Yeah, it would have been beautiful. It would have just kind of been like the source material, maybe with some extra fun scenes added in mm. and not needed to be stretched into, you know, an hour and a half long, two hour long movie, which included all this whiny fucking emotional bullshit that the the feature link did. So I really think that if they would have released this just as a short, it could have been beautiful. But I, I seriously don't know if I've ever left a movie theater as fucking mad as I was when I watched that. I hated it so bad. Let, let me go ahead and elevator pitch you this. A uh, Netflix series where Marie Sendak's books are turned into 30 to 45 minute uh, episodes. Oh my God. Fuck yeah, dude. Like, what's the mm -hmm. one about the... Um, damn it, I wish I could remember the name of it. It's the one about the postman delivering the mail to all the monsters and stuff. Oh, I don't remember the oh, name of that Oh, God, one it's so beautiful, dude. It's like, I think, the most beautifully illustrated Sendak book. Uh -huh. um, although I can't remember the name for some reason. It's so fucking awesome. That would be amazing. I would totally throw all of my money at that. And I think I've mentioned this before, but I'll go ahead and mention it again. One of my favorite books by Herman Melville, Pierre or the Ambiguities, has a more recent modern version that is illustrated by Maurice Sendak. And... Um, I don't love the edit of that version. I don't love it, but the illustrations are amazing. Are you talking about Pierre? I don't care. N no, Pierre, the ambiguities. I, I know that uh, Marie Sendak thing, but okay. Pierre, the ambiguities is also uh, has been modernly illustrated by Marie Sendak, who really loved the book as a, a young man. That's interesting, dude. Well, all right. So what's your what's your number one on your list of fucking shit that you hate so bad it makes you want to fucking shit blood into a garbage can? Final Destination. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm so hoping this would be on here. <laughs> mm. Fuck that movie. I don't have anything else to say. Listen to the Final Destination episode if you want to hear what I have to say about it. I was so, dude, I was so hoping that you would put that on there. Yeah, um, a couple weeks ago on the show we did Final Destination, which Stephen... It did not get good to Steven. No, it never did. It never did. <laughs> I love that call out it so much. everybody involved in Final Destination to be in that Royal Rumble we're having at SummerSlam. <laughs> oh, man, it's on, dude. Kerr Smith, 
Kersmith, I got a jackknife powerbomb waiting for you, buddy. <laughs> Do you also want to challenge the guy that sings that don't want to die by yeah. the demon? Yeah. Whoever sang that song that goes over the final credits, I want I want to challenge you to just a real life fist fight behind a grocery store. Like, let's just go. Like a they live style alleyway brawl. Yeah, I want it to. I want it to be about fifteen minutes too. I just want it to get Rowdy Roddy Piper, Keith David, stupid. Fuck yeah, man. Yeah, th- you guys got to listen to that episode if you haven't already. Final Destination. I don't hate it nearly as much as you do. Um, no, I do. I do dis dislike it a good bit. That's fantastic. Y- you know, though, I do wonder if it can come close to reaching the stratospheric heights of the absolute burning hatred. That I feel with a passion, and I think about my hatred of this movie so very often, which, again, is another choice that my main man, Brandon Suttles, introduced Some to me. Some bitch. All which, right. uh, by the time that this airs, Brandon will probably uh, be enjoying the company of the birth of his second child, so congratulations mm. to you and your, your lovely wife. But we do hope this haunts him. But Brandon... Seriously, fuck you for making me watch <laughs> Enter the Void. Have you ever seen this Enter movie, Steve? Enter the Void. I have not seen it. Is that the one with? Uh, it's like Gaspar No. It's it's got Ava uh, Mendez in it. Is it, that it? It's dude. It is. It is the biggest waste of my time I have ever had in my life. Like I think about times in my life where I have spent, you know, two to three hours. You know, let's say just like trying to level up a character in an RPG. Uh huh. Um, or two to three hours spent just watching bullshit YouTube videos of like, you know, will it melt and stuff like that. Like stuff that will in no long term way serve any purpose to my life or make mm-hmm. my life better or teach me some new skill or anything like that. And it's still a better use of my time than watching Enter the Void. That is the biggest waste of my life. I think that I've ever had. I would say that, like, even seriously, if I just stared at a wall for two and a half hours straight, (laughs) it's like I could at least use that time productively and think about, like, you know, song ideas or maybe YouTube videos I need to make or something (laughs) like that. Whereas End of the Void, you're watching it, so you're visually and audially, audially, orally, uh, Orally, stimulated, so you can't really think of other stuff. It's the biggest fucking waste of time of all time. That is a pretentious fucking pile of dog shit movie. <laughs> it is um it is all first person. Okay. And it's to the point to where like even for the first like half hour or 45 minutes of the movie, the camera even blinks. So oh. you're like literally in the dude's head and it's basically long story short, very long story short, it's about a guy that like takes some drugs and overdoses and his spirit comes loose its mortal shell and Mm -hmm. it flies around tokyo because the guy ods in tokyo at least i think he ods maybe he's killed i don't fucking care (laughs) but he flies around tokyo checking on his like friends and his sister and shit like this right okay and like literally every fucking time He goes from, you know, the east side of town where his best friend is to the west side of town where his sister is or whatever. Uh Uh-huh. It is first person, his spirit flying above the buildings of Tokyo. Okay. Just flying above the buildings literally for like two and a half minutes interrupted at a time. 
the fuck? And there are probably at least 10 of these scenes, probably more like 15 of these scenes in the movie of just flying over the rooftops of fucking Tokyo. Like, it is the biggest waste of time ever. And even when he goes (laughs) to see, you know, his friends or whatever, it's nothing important. It's just fucking bullshit, dude. It is a goddamn waste of my life that I will forever resent getting that, you know, two and a half hours or whatever taken away from me that I'll never recover. Like, I think about the stuff I could have been doing in those two and a half hours, and I get fucking mad. Enter the Void is the biggest pile of shit movie I've ever seen. Fuck that movie. Well, and I want to go ahead and uh, retract my statement that Ava Mendez was in it. Uh, it's uh, Paz de la Huerta. Ah. <laughs> so... Don't want I don't want people to associate Ava Mendez with this pile of shit. Apparently. <laughs> oh man, dude, is it a, is it a Gaspar Noe movie? Yeah, it is. Um, not a fun loving guy that Gaspar. <laughs> well, he's very French, so. Yeah, fuck that movie. Never watch it. It's it's fucking horrible. Have you seen any of his other flicks? Um, I don't know that I have. Did he do Irreversible? I that. <laughs> sounds right but i'm not positive on that i don't know i can respect elements of that movie but that's one i will never watch again ever in my entire life he did do irreversible yeah i think i think gaspar really hates being alive and wants to inflict this pain on everybody else that's like that's an interesting thing to see put down on film because it's like how did you get the money? Like, who out there was like, oh, I'll fund your vision of hating humanity? I know. Yeah, like, oh, I also hate being alive, but not so much that I'll kill myself. Here's a lot of money. Go make it. I don't understand it, man. So, yeah, those are those are definitely the things that come to mind when I think of the movies that I fucking hate the most. I'm sure that there's other ones that I'm forgetting that were just total waste of my time. So maybe one day we'll do a part two of, of shit that we hate <laughs> yeah. so much. Oh, but- yeah, I... I made a list and it it just kept going. Give me give me one more honorary mention. Give me, Transformers. <laughs> oh, Transformers. Transformers is so bad. Transformers, <laughs> by the way, because I used to be Mormon and Mormons love shitty movies as long as it's not rated R. Right. Uh, the thing is that uh, I've seen Transformers maybe three times, Ugh. and each time I was sitting. And just like calling out everything I hated about the movie and everybody I was watching it with being like, I don't know. I think it's pretty good. (laughs) And it just like brought this intense rage in me that every time that nobody else saw just how fucking bad that movie was. I know. So, yeah. And there have been, what, five sequels? Fuck that goddamn movie. Fuck Michael Bay with a goddamn rusty rail spike. I know he needs to go fucking headbutt a circular saw because those movies are yeah. fucking awful, dude. I, that's again yeah. total annihilation of my childhood because Transformers were like my shit when I was a kid. And then he goes and fucking fucks the Ninja Turtles up too. It's like, oh god. He, I think seriously, if if Spike hadn't ruined where the wild things are, he would have jumped on that and made them like a Bratz style bunch. Mm-hmm. And there would be, they would explode when they got angry. Oh my god, dude! It's fucking worse, dude. Yeah, fuck Transformers. That was awful. That that's you know, honorary mention for me. The fucking Hobbit. The Hobbit is a piece of shit movie. Yeah, especially that third part. Oh my that god, that third dude. part. I didn't even finish it. I saw the first two parts and I was like, eh, eh whatever. It's the third part. Scene. I think I got fifteen minutes in and I was like, this is terrible. This is really. 
horrendously bad. I know. The Lord of the Rings trilogy are some of, not my favorite movies, but some of my favorite parts of being alive, period. I fucking love the Lord of the Rings trilogy Mm -hmm. so much. So, yeah, The Hobbit really punched me in the dick squarely. I fucking hate it. (laughs) It's so bad. Well, now that we've kind of got a little bit of our vitriol and, and hatred out of our system, or maybe we've just revved it up, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> I'm pretty revved up. I want to go ahead and talk a little bit about this fucking piece of shit movie that's called Jeepers Creepers that was directed by a nameless pedophile who I won't even glorify with a fucking first mm. or last name. Right. Um, this movie, dude, you know, like I mentioned before, I watched it when it came out around 2002, which was kind of before I was really, really into horror movies anyway. I remember not liking it then, but going into it, watching it for this show, I was like, okay... You know, yeah, I wanted to like it. Yeah, because I wanted to believe, man, because there's tons of people that really love this movie. And e- anywhere you go online, you know, you'll read and watch reviews of people giving it glowing reviews. And even like mm-hmm. after I watched it, you know, the other day in preparation for a show, and I was like, God damn, this sucks. I went and listened to several, you know, podcasts from shows that I really enjoy and respect. And watch several different reviews from, you know, YouTube guys that I like. Uh-huh. And almost inevitably, they're like, I loved it. I really thought it was yeah. great. I, I seriously feel like, you know, kind of going back to like They Live, I feel like my eyeballs are some kind of They Live lenses. And <laughs> it, I'm seeing something like propaganda being thrown or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, like, I don't know how you could are, like this. Yeah. How are surely these people aren't seeing the same movie as me because what I saw was just a pile of shit. And it's like, even, I don't know. I I can't figure it out. Like I said, I've read so many glowing reviews for this thing that I'm like, somebody is, somebody's paying these people to say this. It's, there's no way they saw the same shit as me because this movie's awful, Steve. It's probably the Pizzagate people. I know, right? (laughs) So I really wanted to believe in this flick, but I watched it again and I was like, nope, it is actually probably worse than I remember. Yeah, it really is. And you know what? Um, I, the, the beginning of this, I was still willing, like I was still like, okay, maybe this is going to be good because, um, I mean the bickering between brother and sister was a little annoying to me, but I was thinking like, oh, well that's going to be their arc. They're going to grow closer and Mm -hmm. they're going to stop being such dickheads to each other so Mm -hmm. that's fine yeah um and then the you know that that opening with the truck like bearing down on them and then like you know it's it's real sort of intense i was like okay this is this might be good Mm -hmm. then you see like the that the the bodies being thrown down that pipe into the pit and it's like okay i see like the the story is set up they've seen him He's going to chase them, run them off the road, probably try to kill them. Yeah. So I'm thinking this could be good. It doesn't it doesn't take advantage of any of that potential, though. No. It doesn't use that to make a good movie. Well, because that formula of, you know, city kids going through the country, coming across, you know, a, a crazy person or whatever can be done yeah. so beautifully, like Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre. It's right there. It's beautiful and it's horrific and punishing and realistic. But this shit just 
misses the mark so badly. 100%. And you sent me a link to a video about how the opening itself is taken almost directly from an episode of Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. The shot, the story, the shots, like uh, so Everything. much of it is taken directly from an Unsolved Mysteries segment. Yep. Yep. It's so, just lifted. The bit that I found to have potential was just stolen anyway. Yeah, exactly. So not only is this motherfucker a pedophile, but he's also a thief. <laughs> he's a plagiarist like as he's well. He's a child raping thief. So, <laughs> so don't give him your money. How? Yeah, don't give him your money. How could this be a good movie? I know. Anyway, um, so past those points where it could get good is where it suddenly gets fucking terrible yeah where it's just like hey um i know this doesn't make any sense and we should just drive on and go call the cops but let's go back and check out that hole i know because of reasons it gets even more annoying too because whenever the brother and sister go back to the to the pipe where you know the creeper has been throwing bodies into they yeah. even try, try to put a toe into the meta, you know, scream style waters yeah. and go, this is just what people in bad horror movies do. Blood, blood, blood. Yeah. And there are a couple of moments that check that later when she's running over. What do we call him? Jeepers Creepers? Is that the name of this creature? I think in the credits, he's just a yeah. creeper. More on that later. Okay. The creeper. Anyway, it, later she's running over the creeper and she's basically like, no, like they always get back up or whatever. And she yeah. runs them over a few more times. So, yeah, just trying to be smart and meta like Scream, but missing the fucking point entirely. Yeah, missing it entirely. Um, they make irrational, stupid decisions constantly. Yeah, they continue to bicker throughout the entire movie. Like there is no progression of their relationship. Um what we see actually is that there must be a story going on here with trisha where she is very depressed and her boyfriend is abusive and she wants to die <laughs> that's the deal like, she's like let's just try to find yeah. some way to end this discreetly yeah because like at the end where the creature is like gonna take justin long's eyes she's like no take me instead yeah and like her reasoning is basically i want to die yeah pretty much she's like i'm the same fuck it whatever i'm the same as him but you can take my eyes and i'm cool with being dead yeah um so like there's a story going on with her that we never get into that would have been far more interesting for a horror movie. There's something going on with Justin Long, uh, like in relation to the rose tattoo he has around his belly button. Oh my God. Why the fuck is that there? Like, what is, what is the reason for that detail, dude? There is something there that like should be explored more closely and... I think it may indicate that Justin Long is gay, like that the character is gay. There is some homoeroticism throughout this. Okay, more on that later. Yeah, there's some homoeroticism throughout this. Yeah. Like, I think there is that indie. And they also pick Justin Long, who, when they get his shirt off, uh, has a lithe boy body. Yes, uh, exactly. Okay. This is an adult with a teenage boy body. Yep. And so they're there's something about the idea that the creeper has his scent 
mm-hmm. and wants his eyes so yep. badly. And the fact that Freud associated the eyes and and threats toward the eyes being blinded as as being uh, emasculated, having oh, your, wow. your penis cut off. So, like, there's definitely something there. Uh, because in the end, when his eyes do get taken, they're not just taken out of his head, but they're made into entire holes through his skull. Okay, yes. That you can see through. Yes, good, good, good. Okay, put a pin in that, because that's where this kind of theory about the movie kind of really meets its crux. Okay. So. But, you know, I know what you mean. The first of the movie, it really does have potential, and it feels mm-hmm. like this is one of those flicks, which I feel the same way about, like... Um, House of a Thousand Corpses, where I don't know that it knows what kind of movie it wants to be. Because whenever the movie starts and you've got this very human, you know, realistic brother and sister driving down the road bickering, and then they get this big ominous truck behind them, you know, trying to run them off the road and stuff like this. It seems like that could be a great setup for like, you know, a road um, slasher killer kind of movie. Yeah. Yeah. But then they decide to throw that away because it's not a, a road killer. It's a fucking monster who drives a truck. Yeah, he's a complete monster. Like, uh, I, I like the creature design. I really do. And um, the the way that the actor who plays the creature plays the creature, I yeah. think, is, is done well. Oh, yeah, definitely so. But you know what I mean? It's like it could have been cool for for this to be that kind of road killer movie. But then the minute that you reveal that it's a monster, it makes the fact that it was this big ominous truck not cool. And, yeah. you know. Yeah, like why it doesn't even need the truck. Fuck no, dude. It flies. It has big leathery bat wings okay, and it flies. Right, exactly. Why does this thing need a fucking car if it can fly? I did think about that a little bit because when he opens the back of his truck, you see bodies back there. But why does he take the bodies? Because what we're told later is that he kills people to take particular organs to replace his own organs. Yeah, I know. So why why does he keep them preserved uh, in what is admittedly really cool set design when uh, Justin Long is down in the pit? Where they're just—it's basically uh, Frank Zito's apartment from Maniac. Yeah. <laughs> but like instead of instead of mannequins with, you know, scalps nailed to them, they're actual preserved bodies that have been like mummified in some way. Yeah, which is of course never fucking explained at all how he could take all these bodies that were you know dozens yeah. of decades old and like. They're like shellacked or something like that. And I know what yeah. you mean. That that scene where he's down there in the pit and you kind of see that reveal of behind him, there's all these shellacked bodies all over the walls and ceilings and stuff. That's, that's fucking cool. That's metal. But, yeah. But then, too, okay, when he's down there and he opens up that body um, or opens up the uh, that cloth-wrapped body and it's that dude that's still alive, right? Uh-huh. And he's, like, been sewed up. Okay. Why? Why? Exactly. Yeah. So the monster will take off the part that he needs from somebody and then sew them back up to keep them alive, except that they won't stay alive. They'll just die right away like this guy did. Also, apparently he's a monster that sews? Yeah. And, and like It's fucking stupid, dude. He also, like, he fucking whistles. Like, that part, 
much later on when he's picking up the cop's severed head to rip the tongue out. Yeah. He he fucking whistles. So he has an appreciation of of music and melody and he knows how to fucking whistle. So is this a guy or is it a monster? Like I wish they really would have made up their fucking minds about. And I'll, I'll tell you this, Steve, just overall I think this movie could have been cooler if it was just a guy and not a monster. Like, if this was, like, the Hitcher, only more sinister and fucking fucked up... Yeah. That would have been cooler than... No, this is about a movie... Or this is a... This is a movie about a monster who drives a truck that has fucking vanity plates on it. Yeah, how did he get the plates like i want what? this is the story i want dude how did he get those fucking vanity plates to say be eating you <laughs> i want to see him standing in line at the dmv just whistling jeepers creepers and filling out some paperwork <laughs> i know dude well and here's the thing too if he's getting vanity plates then that means he has a driver's license yeah but well, the backstory that we get about this fucking creature is uh, from a psychic woman, so I don't know if we can even trust that it's right. Yo, but it's basically it's the from it the Oracle back. from the Matrix. Oh no, that's not the Oracle. Sure, looks it is. like the Oracle. I, I looked her up. It's not her. It's a different <laughs> lady. But looks a whole lot like the Oracle. Anyway, that lady tells us that basically the backstory of the creeper is the backstory of it. Uh, yeah. It. It. Uh, comes back every 23 years for 23 days and it feeds yeah why yeah why like basically it feeds to replace its organs but why so that it can go back into hibernation for 23 years and then feed to replace its organs again like yeah what is driving this creature and and like why like again how does the psychic lady know about it, but nobody in the area seems to know about it? That's a big point for me too, dude. Cause like when you go down into that cave underneath there, Justin Long says there's like 600 bodies. Yeah. You're telling me that in this rural ass town that has a population of probably like a thousand people over the past several decades, they've not been able to explain how 600 fucking people went missing. Are you kidding? Yeah. And also like the fact is that like there is no there's there's no urgency to this like the only people who feel some sort of like urgent connection to the creature are justin long and and his sister trisha yeah. mm -hmm. um everyone else is just like whatever i've never heard of this this isn't a thing who cares um but they do keep they do pursue it the police go to the church to go check it out they find it burning on fire off camera which they don't even fucking show you a burning they don't church show, there are a lot of things they talk about off camera that they don't show i know which is i guess you got a 10 million dollar budget you got to spend it on cgi bat wings but fuck um then the police officers are going to go from the diner that the kids have gotten to for safety to go check out the uh church and they just follow the kids they don't put the kids in the back seat of the car they're like no you just drive ahead of us and show us where to go like we don't know this church they, you're talking about 
yeah like even though they are pursuing it it's like they they don't even know the area like it's off of a main road you can see it from the road and they have the kids guide them there i don't get that that's another thing that kills me dude it would be one thing if the creeper's house was some fucking backwoods way set off like the fucking texas Mm -hmm. chainsaw house he lives right on the fucking road like they are driving on this main drag and they see him tossing bodies down a chute like it's not secluded whatsoever and dude you know how it is man you grew up in a small town Uh uh-huh yeah everybody knows everybody's car like whenever i was growing up i lived out in the country and it's like i would see that fucking brown toyota tercel drive by and i'm like oh there goes fucking mr johnson i'd see this you know blue toyota truck drive by and i'm like oh there goes rule it's like yeah you know everybody's vehicle you're telling me nobody in town has just been like well goddamn, what's up with this fucking crazy ass bee eating you truck with (laughs) with fucking you know vanity plate tags and shit like this dude okay he has to stop and fucking pump gas for that thing at some point yeah apparently what the fuck like it's just dumb sense it's fucking dumb if he's a monster yeah a monster doesn't understand fucking going and paying cash for gas and using a gas pump and fucking the the irony and humor of license plates that say be eating you. It's just fucking dumb, dude. Yeah. And I don't know uh, what your theory is that you want to get to. Yes. But I, I think we should get to it because the thing about license plates in this movie which it comes directly from again that unsolved mystery yep. segment yep uh, is that this starts basically with the uh juxtaposition of justin long reading a vanity license plate as saying gay fever yeah and his sister saying no it says sexy forever yes and th- that is i think a, a way of understanding justin long's character yep. where sexy forever is the same to him as gay fever because he is gay and the the creeper is after him specifically because he's gay and he wants to have his eyes so that he can look through his gay eyes and see the world through that gay vision well here's the here's the basic theory of what i'm talking about as far as like what this movie is sort of theorized to be about it's basically kind of kind of the idea that several people have cooked up and it's fun to look at this movie through this prism it's actually way more fun to watch this movie through this prism than it is just to watch this fucking movie because it sucks um, <laughs> the idea is that this movie the monster is a characterization of our writer director pedophile and that this movie is basically his emission of guilt okay because okay and, and there's there's kind of a lot to it, of course, starting with the whole gay forever, sexy forever, whatever yeah. thing. But, yeah. okay, the, the creature itself is described by the Oracle woman as it'll just keep eating until the hurting stops. Okay. Okay, so okay. there's that. So it has to eat in order to make the hurting stop. It has to feed itself and all this jazz, right? Uh-huh. There is the fact that it is caught the creature okay how about this the creature itself is called the creeper uh-huh creeper which is obvious yeah, yeah that's i mean that's just slang for a fucking you know creepy rapist the creeper yeah it 
starts getting on to Justin by sniffing his underwear at a gas station. Uh-huh. It goes through his laundry and sniffs his clothes out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it gets onto his trail that way. He's not at all interested in the girl. He's not interested in that you know, r- really attractive sister character. He's interested only in the guy. Uh-huh. And he tracks him down and pursues him. He could have killed him a million times this movie and stuff like this. Um, there's a lot of kind of clues and stuff like this throughout the movie uh, about that kind of subtext. Uh, I'm trying to remember some more of them right now. But, you know, the basic idea, too, is that by the end of the movie, whenever he has taken Justin Long's youthful boy uh, character off to his lair to have his way with him, you know? Mm-hmm. And like you said, with the other victims in the movie that we see, he just takes the organ out and then sews them up or whatever, right? But with Justin's character, he literally, you know, bores holes through his head, through his eyes, right? Uh-huh. And then the very last shot of the movie is the creeper looking through Justin's eye holes with his eyes, right? Uh-huh. And the impression you're supposed to get here is that by doing what he did, he was able to see his crimes through his victim's eyes. Okay. And understand what he did. Oh. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. I see what you're saying. And, and it's gross. he didn't plan on making a sequel. This was supposed to be a one-off. So that was supposed to be the final statement of, I understand now what I did through my victim's eyes. Ugh. And actually, there in that very last shot of the movie, too, that's actually Justin Long in the creeper makeup looking through the eye holes, so that way it would look like Justin's eyes. Huh. Yeah. Okay. All right. So here's what I see for sure Mm -hmm. is that there is no way that this isn't about a gay fever in some way. And it also sets up the idea of sexy forever, which is what the creeper turns Justin Long into mm-hmm. at the end. He is now sexy forever. Mm-hmm. And the creeper is trying to retain that. He's trying to keep being sexy forever by taking a piece of his victims. Right. Uh, and so, yeah, I see that that the creeper is deck definitely in some way an extension of the uh, child rapist who directed and wrote this yeah it's just a theory but it's kind of interesting to to kind of watch it with that sort of thing in mind plus it gets even creepier when you when you factor in that like he lives in a church yes he does he lives under a church yeah uh like just so deeply embedded in the church yeah 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 it might have some uh meaning maybe our uh child rapist writer uh was molested by a member of the church and that's what initiated him becoming a molester well actually he was molested when he was a kid i don't know if it was by a a clergyman type situation but he actually was when he was a kid so i don't know if that has something to do with it too if that's part of part of that kind of story and you know that's another thing i wanted to bring up here too steve is the fact that our our creeper here our main creature of the movie 
Um, his origins are completely, absolutely unexplained and in no yeah. way are made clear throughout the course of the movie. Um, but one idea that I did have is the fact that, you know, when we see him the first time, he is, you know, living in a church. And mm-hmm. then later on, we see that he has this gray, scaly, reptilian kind of exterior. And then he also does stuff like sprouts wings and stuff like this. Is he some sort of a gargoyle? He has that. Yeah, it seems that way. But also he seems somewhat. Uh, I, I You can't say vampiric or like a zombie, but m- maybe ghoulish. Yeah. Like he he eats uh, the bodies of the dead. So there there's something similar to a vampire, something similar to a zombie. But yeah, he's he's like a gargoyle. He's hanging out at a church. He's got that gray sort of feature. He's very tall and muscular, etc. Type of guy. He looks like the damn Undertaker. He does. He dresses like the Undertaker in the '90s. Yep. I was just totally waiting for him to like tombstone pile driver one of his victims down that chute. That listen, that would have made this movie six times better. Fuck yeah. At the very least. Yep. That would have been awesome. Yep. Um, I think also it's interesting, uh, anybody out there who's played Skyrim, um, the creature in Jeepers Creepers looks like a Volcahar vampire. Mm. Yeah. So uh, there is a, an idea maybe that like, there is a vampiric quality, the big leathery bat wings, etc. but it also is so very much like a gargoyle. I I don't know though cuz like I mean I talked about this when we talked about Tales from the Dark Side the gargoyle originated as a vagina like yeah, yeah. it was just a vagina on the outside of the church that was meant to uh, show power and and scare away the demons mm-hmm. and eventually it became like a ugly face cuz you know uh people who were living abstinence <laughs> hated women <laughs> hated women and they were like <laughs> vaginas are scary and ugly so but also i would say it might be true that um that our uh, uh piece of shit director would associate perhaps with the uh mangled form of the vagina that is the gargoyle where he's like they are gross and scary and i have to lure boys in with this vaginal appearance yeah i guess yeah yeah it's it's interesting to kind of think about that way and i've never seen the sequels and i don't plan on seeing the sequels no fuck um, that. and i don't know if they explore his origins and stuff anymore but this is one of those it's one of those movies that you know whenever we were talking about halloween on the show i really praised the fact that michael myers was so largely unexplained um, yeah. In this movie, it's not explained enough. Like, there are yeah. no rules to this character. There is no yeah. reason or rhyme. There is no motivation. I just have... I have nothing for this character. He carries, like, a a, a German-style, like, war axe. Yeah, but he dagger. uses all of once. Well, yeah, and a dagger that he doesn't even use, it just falls onto the hood of the kid's car when they hit him the first time. Yeah. Like, 
what is what is going on with this creature like that's the more interesting story here and dude there's there's part of this movie where the creature's powers are continuously revealed throughout the course of the movie where you're like whoa i didn't know he could do that whoa i didn't know he could do that like whoa i didn't know he could fly and shit like that yeah, kind of like, like 1930s superman where every episode or every issue they had to give him a new power yeah it's <laughs> like, like wow wowie zowie but the thing uh-huh. about this movie is is it's so badly written that every time he introduces a new power that he has you go wow oh wait now okay if he can do that then why did he do this like okay uh-huh. <laughs> the scene right before it's revealed that he has wings and can fucking fly uh-huh is the scene where he gets run over by the car but not before he fucking you know uh, uh world star hip-hop freestyle walks over the top of the car like three times yeah he pulls a kobe and jumps the car and the fact is that he can fly so why like why does he wear uh clothes at all i know like he's trying to fucking blend in but you're not gonna blend in you have a fucking demon face you also have yeah. no reason to blend in. It's not like you're going on, you know, going into the fucking job or anything like this. Like, yeah, you're not. Why? You only wake up for 23 days every 23 years. Yeah. Like, who got you the vanity license plate? God damn it. I, I used to see. I will watch the sequel if, the, if someone can guarantee me the sequel is about him getting that license plate. Dude, or learning how to, like, drive a stick shift and, like, grind in the gears a yeah. hundred times. Uh huh. Or learning how to soup up uh, a truck that apparently is popular in the neighborhood. Because remember that red herring scene Ugh, where yeah. Trisha uh, sees and hears a truck coming, but apparently her eyes are out of focus, just like the camera, because yeah. she doesn't see <laughs> uh-uh. that it's obviously not the same goddamn truck. Yeah, she's even her though eyes it's a hundred yards away from her. Yeah, she needs to get her eyes fucking checked. Like. That scene made no sense to me. It made me so angry. And, dude, there's so much, like, wasted potential all over this movie, too, where, like, even the the, the scene where they go to, like, the cat lady's house, right? Uh Uh-huh. Like, they go... By the way, that's Mrs. Peacock from Clue. Yeah, that's very true. It is. It Mm -hmm. is. Now, like, they could have gone to that cat lady's house and this could have developed the story in kind of a cool way where, you know, like maybe the reason that this cat lady has all these cats is because that's what keeps the creature away. You know, like maybe she ran into the creature 23 years ago because she's an old lady. What is that? uh, There's that Stephen King movie adaptation. I don't remember what it's called. Yeah. Sleepwalkers. I think they're, they, they're uh, like repelled by cats. So, she could have been the lady that called them on the phone. I thought that was what was happening. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. she could have been the psychic lady. Yeah. And then it would have been like, yeah, these cats keep him at bay. Come in here. I'll tell you all about him. We get the exposition about him. And then we're like, oh, okay. I know. I'm more, in, I'm more invested in this goddamn movie now because I know what's happening. Yep, except no, but she's no. just crazy cat lady and then she gets like axed immediately and is of literally no point in the entire movie. No, I think the point of the mo- that was they got a respected actress and they were like, "Well, we got to put her in somewhere." Yeah, we convinced her to be in this fucking movie that the child rapist made, so we got to put her yeah. in here somewhere. Uh-huh. 
it's fucking stupid. Just wasted potential. Just fucking rotting on the vine. Yeah, this movie, by the way, is under 90 minutes. It's just like, barely a movie. You, yeah, if you take out the, the final credits, it's like 85 minutes, I think. This movie, like, and it feels it feels like two and a half hours yeah it does it does it drags so much how do you struggle how do you keep changing what your goddamn movie is and still struggle to keep my interest for any two minute period yeah uh, i know fuck this movie and, and dude it it just again every every little bit of detail that we get about the character it just makes the whole thing fucking dumber. And that's the worst. Like, what is with the fucking Dilophosaurus fucking frill stuff he has at the end of the movie? Why? That's exactly what I wrote. He's a fake Dilophosaurus. Yeah. Like, he does that, like, ah, thing. And, and that's the thing, too. Like, by that point in the movie where he's, like, holding on to Justin about to take him off, and he's got his frill shit out, and he's just fucking freaking out and screaming and stuff, he seems, like, very much a monster or like an animal or something at that point. Uh huh. But before this in the movie, again, we've seen him jovially whistling while he picks up a severed head. And then after this scene, you know, when he, whenever he takes him to the fucking factory, that's at the end of Elm street too, to, to rip out Justin's eyeballs and stuff. We see that he's done stuff like set up candles all over the room uh-huh. And he's also, like, set up an old Victrola fucking phonograph record player so he can listen to some music while he does his work. Is he a human or is he a monster? Which the fuck is he? That's a great question. And I really... Like, I'm assuming he started as human, right? Like, he must have. I don't know. Because, see, here's the thing, too, is, like, whenever Justin is, like, down there in the in the crypt below the church and shit, right? Uh-huh. He comes across this huge wooden box that is kind of like a coffin sort of box that looks like it has like a carved kind yeah. of gargoyle on the exterior of it. Yeah, so was he created by some evil priest? What is he a demon from another world? Like what what the fuck is he? All of those things would be interesting to deal with in this movie. Yeah. Uh easy way to make sure your movie hits an hour and 30 minutes, talk about the interesting elements of your fucking movie. I should <laughs> like, think so. But no, let's not do that. Let's just keep giving him new powers and hope it ends. And I wish I could even say stuff about how like, well, it had a cool soundtrack, but dude, mm -mm. the fact that mm -mm. they hinged the whole thing on Jeepers Creepers, I think is fucking stupid. This is one of those like post-millennial horror tropes that just really fucking pisses me off, whether it's obviously Jeepers Creepers in this, or what was Tiptoe Through the Tulip Sin? Was that Insidious or something? Oh, I don't remember. It's fucking yeah. stupid, whatever it was, but I feel like all of these kind of, you know, millennial, post-millennial horror directors... Well, I mean, Final Destination had there you go. the John yeah. Denver song, uh rocky mountain high i feel like these fucking idiot directors and writers it's like they watched the shining and they got to the very ending part where it's midnight and stars and you and all that shit and they, and were, they like, were like that's a movie oh old songs are scary got it uh-huh but you know isn't that what they did too when they when they decided oh little kids are scary they were in the shining little kids are scary 
Yeah, people did. You know what? There is a lot of shit just ripping off The Shining. Like, yeah, of just people missing the fucking point. Yeah, The Shining is one of the most perfect, like, horror movies yeah. alongside, I would say, Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah. and a few others. Mm -hmm. And this movie definitely tries to rip off both in some way. Yeah, Texas exactly. Chainsaw Massacre and The Shining. Um, Yeah, that's really annoying. I, I hate the use of these old fucking quaint, jolly... 1920s fucking 23 skidoo songs and horror movies <laughs> as a way to try to elicit scariness it, I, it's not fucking scary what about the fact that the first time they actually play jeepers creepers in this oh. it's a weird stupid cover that must have been done by like i don't know a, a producer's girlfriend or something because it's so bad okay it's that's so what bad. i thought too i thought that surely has to be like you said, like the fucking music editor's fucking girlfriend or whatever. Apparently, that is a Susie and the Banshees song. Well, it's bad. It's fucking Susie terrible. It's stupid. It's like this fucking late 90s dance club remix. At one time, loudest band in the world, Susie and the Banshees. <laughs> fucking <laughs> deal with it. You sucked a dick in this movie. What the yeah. shit? <laughs> it's so fucking stupid, man. I... I I really hate this movie, Steve. I really fucking hate this movie. Well, it's not hard. It's not hard to hate this movie. <laughs> and dude, I got all kinds of reviews and stuff from people saying that they were genuinely scared watching this movie. And I can't. When? I know, right? Like, I cannot say even for a nanosecond did I feel my heart rate go up. Were you maybe scared when, for some uh, reason, Trisha couldn't focus on a truck coming at her? And then noticed once she got in the car and for some reason couldn't operate her own stick shift. Oh, God. A hundred times. And the course was of the super movie. scared, but then saw that the truck wasn't the same truck. Oh, phew. Oh, shit. No, Justin Long just hit the window. How did he get up there? There is like how it, basically the movie at that point, if that hadn't happened, the movie at that point would have been, oh, shit we're going to have to like hide the car and Jeepers Creepers guy is going to get back and yeah. we're going to have to find a way for you to get out of the pit. But no, he's in the pit, can't possibly get out, but now he suddenly is out and he's beating on the window. But then doing that thing where uh, that I fucking hate in every movie where a person has been scared and they just won't talk. They're like catatonic. Yeah, fuck that. It's so stupid. And dude, talk about, again, more missed opportunity. Like, if there was a part of this movie that could have been cool, it would be yeah. probably Justin trying to claw his way out of this creepy, yes. fucked up church. Like, you could have made that cool. Trying to hide, maybe, from the creature who was blind at this point and really does have to go off of his sense of smell. And maybe if you hide behind these preserved bodies, he can't smell you. And like, yeah, you could have done something cool with that. And maybe you find a tunnel that leads up to the church and you get away. Like all of that would have been very much better than what happens in this movie. Yep. Which is just reducing his escape to a jump scare of him slapping his face on the fucking window with a dirt face. Yeah. And then not talking like he had enough energy to run up and slap the window for some reason. Yeah. But didn't have enough energy to be like, 
Oh, I just saw like a bunch of preserved bodies down in that hole. We should go get the cops and get out of here. Or maybe to go around to the fucking passenger side of the car and get in the damn thing and be like, let's go. Yeah. You know what? That would have been a jump scare that would have been somewhat earned. I don't like jump scares, but no. some jump scares, it's like, oh, well, that person is at a heightened state of tension. And the person who just jump scared them just did a normal thing that made them scared. Yeah, totally. Him opening the passenger door and getting in would have still scared her, but would have still made sense. You know, on the subject of other just fucking completely wasted, undeveloped uh, parts of this movie, how about this fucking half-assed stupid story about this couple who died on this road like 23 years ago? Oh, my God. Yeah. Why? They... they're basically delivering it to each other in an Aaron Sorkin type of like West Wing where they they are shooting exposition back and forth to each other. And it's like, yeah, I know the thing you just said. Also this thing. Yeah. Just lazy, lazy, lazy writing going on where it's just like, well, you know, again, you've used the, the phrase before, show us, don't tell us. Yeah. Show us, yeah, show us, like, he gets down there, and he sees this, and he sees the high school ring, and he's like, oh, is that these people? He gets back up, he doesn't hit his sister's window, he gets in the passenger side, and he says, I saw this down there, and it reminded me of this story, and she goes, oh, I know that story, and then, like, that could be a way to do the exposition in a way that is more organic yeah but also doesn't send me into a blind rage when i'm hearing i know and just that that whole thing is just so woefully underdeveloped and it's like even the cops and stuff almost acknowledge that it's stupid and under underdeveloped because justin tells them about the class ring and shit and they're like there's no way he found those bodies those bodies have been down there for 23 years they'd be nothing but but bone by now yeah. But then they never explain how the fucking creature shellacks these things back up or why he sews them up or anything like that. Yeah, why does he do it? Like, what is his purpose for that? Because... What's the point? He, he's not going to go back and get another organ out of them, so, like... I shouldn't think. No. Yeah. I don't fucking understand it. There's no motive. There's no follow-through. There's no reason for any of this stuff. But it's not like a cool, like, Mike Myers had no reason to kill his sister... That's cool, no reason. This is, he's doing a ton of shit, like driving a truck and sewing bodies up using fucking needles and thread for no point. It's fucking stupid, man. Essentially for the aesthetic. Essentially because the truck was scary and the pit was scary. Well, and it's essentially because this fucking mook that made this movie looked at a Joel Peter Whitkins photography book and was like, oh, corpses sewn together. That's creepy. I'll put this in this movie. Yeah, no, that's exactly what happened because definitely that scene where uh, he picks up the decapitated head and yep. bites off the tongue, that's Joel Peter Witkin. Precisely. Look up Joel Peter Witkin if you have a, a strong stomach. Uh, yeah, uh, or don't. <laughs> yeah, de- definitely photographs that will like expand your mind in a very terrible way. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's stuff that's on the outer limits of human experience. He, Joel Peter Witkins might be a Cenobite. I would say, yeah. I mean, listen, yes. I imagine that might be the next Hellraiser movie. Yeah, just you open the box and it's like Joel Peter Wickens. He's got a camera and some needles and threads and stuff. And he's like, let me take a picture. Yeah, I would love to see that, by the way. Yeah, that'd be scarier than fucking 
any Hellraiser that's been made since Hellraiser 2, for sure. <laughs> if you could get, he's still alive, right? If you could get Joel Peter Witkin to actually be in it. I hear uh, he's a real creepy dude. Not I surprising. I am extremely sure that he would be, man. I'm extremely sure that he would be. Yeah, man, I just, you know, I, I've sat here and spat a ton of hate about this movie because I do hate this movie because it fucking sucks. But I will say, I'm gonna, I am gonna give it some merit, Steve. I'm gonna give it a okay. few. I'm gonna give it a few cool points. Okay. At least this movie coming out of the era of you know fucking Jason Twenty and Elm Street fucking nineteen and uh-huh. Scream Five and all this sort of stuff in 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 the 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 wake of sequel mania in the horror film genre. At least it's an original story with an original monster. At least they tried doing something new. At least there's yeah. That. So Steve, I, I think we've we've voiced our complaints about this fucking stupid ass movie uh, for for probably quite <laughs> probably quite enough time now at this point. Probably uh, overall, what kind of a rating are you going to give Jeepers Creepers? Well, I have retroactively given Final Destination a zero. So that's that is um, my my absolute rock bottom. Yeah. Um. And because this uh, it, final destination also tried to do something new, it also tried to introduce a new sort of element to horror, etc. And this did too. Mm-hmm. And I give Final Destination a zero. And because it squandered that and this also squandered that so I'm, I'm not giving it any credit for potentially having a good monster because they didn't do anything with it no um the monster design and the design of the pit are cool i like that i don't think you can blame any of the major problems with the acting on the actors because the writing's bad yeah so I think you have to give the actors some credit, but I also gave some of the actors some credit in Final Destination. Tony Todd in particular is good, etc. So, I I still think this is a tiny bit better than Final Destination, but Final Destination wasn't directed and written by a pedophile. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> so fuck this movie. Zero. Yeah, dude. I I can totally I can totally side with you there and. You, you know, I just look at this movie and I see how many different ways it could have gone to make it better. If this would have been a movie, you know, again, kind of like a more aggressive, horrific version of The Hitcher, where it was about a roadway yes. killer, that would have been fine. Stick with faceless guy in a big truck terrorizing these people out in the country. I mean, that's kind of what High Tension was, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. High Tension basically took the premise of this movie and ran uh, in a good direction exactly right? that's what you could have done with this movie faceless road killer that's fine if you wanted to make it a monster movie that's fine too maybe the kids have to fucking park their car in the parking lot of this church overnight because they're in the middle of nowhere and their car ran out of gas and they're on the way home and while they're parked at this church this fucking gargoyle creature gets them yeah that's fine too make it a monster movie that's cool um Maybe if you are going to try to play it as, yeah, he's a monster, but he drives a truck and he has vanity plates that say, be eating you. Maybe you play, (laughs) maybe you play this like a horror comedy and you make the whole thing kind of self-aware and and self-effacing and so on. And that can be fun too. 
but they are just trying to have their cake and eat it too all over this movie. It's a monster, but it's also kind of human. It's funny, but it's also like trying to be serious. But yeah. none of that shit works together. If you're trying to play this seriously, you cannot tell me that this fucking big gargoyle man stood in line at the DMV <laughs> to get his fucking custom vanity plates. And also that he sat around thinking, you know what would be a funny license plate for me? Be eating you. That would be hilarious. Right. That means he's got a fucking sense of humor. He's got 23 days every 23 years and apparently spent all that time souping up his truck. Yeah, and it, standing in line at least one day at the fucking DMV. Yeah. Waiting for his vanity plates. Plus, it's like, you know, if he spent one of those 23 days waiting for his plates, I wonder if he even got the plates before he went back into hibernation mode. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, how stuffed is his... Cause here's the thing, too, man. To get vanity plates and to get a driver's license, you have to have a physical address. He has a mailing address. He gets mail. So he was at the DMV and he filled out mail plates to Mr. Creeper 666 Old Church Road. Mm-hmm. So when he woke up after 23 years, how stuffed was his fucking mailbox? I mean, I would imagine it was pretty bad. Also, how long has that church been abandoned? I mean, at least 23 years? What, 23 years ago, was it not abandoned? That's was what I'm it saying. Like I don't the know. The church? Or was it also abandoned then? Like, and everybody in town has to know about the old abandoned church and suddenly but this, they don't apparently it's just stupid man it's just fucking stupid and dude it's like you could have even played that different like whenever the kids walk into that diner and they're all beaten up and bloodied and they're like some shit's going on like everybody yeah. in town could have turned a blind eye and they're like this is just how it is around here this has to happen or somebody could have been the quint like they could have been the person to be like Here's the story of the creeper. Yeah, like they and could, I'm going like, to help you go get him. But instead, no, it's just like, what? I don't understand what you're saying. Oh, okay, well, that's crazy. Let's call the cops. There's no way in this town that nobody knows about this fucking thing. There's no way mm. that that fucking thing got vanity plates and has a fucking phonograph player and knows how to work a record player and knows how to drive a stick and knows how to pump gas and knows which side of the road to drive on. It's just fucking stupid bullshit, dude. And then even the humans in the movie are fucking stupid. Like, okay, how about this? The morning after the entire fucking police building gets killed by the creature, right? Mm-hmm. It shows, uh, you know, just long he, he gets uh, taken away by the creature. And then it shows Trish in the, the cop's office the next morning. And everybody's just kind of milling around the cop's office like business as usual. Everybody's in the police station like, it's just another Tuesday. A bunch of cops didn't get get killed last night. I know. Or like, hey, do you guys remember when we saw that otherworldly demon last night? There's like somebody you fucking. You think it'll carrying... come back? Yeah, there's <laughs> dude. There's like somebody carrying coffee into an office. Like it's just another yeah. normal day. Like, well, that was some shit, huh? Doop doop doo doo. Like, that's fucking stupid, dude. That's fucking yeah. stupid. I think the rules of the creature don't hold up either because. No. Honestly, the uh, PSI of getting run over by a car versus the PSI of getting shot by a bullet, pretty similar. Yeah. So w when they say later that they're shooting at him and he must have some sort of body armor on because they can't penetrate him, it doesn't make any sense because he's been run over by a car and just crushed yeah. a number of times. So the bullets should easily still be able to penetrate him. And you could even totally play the whole, you know, he has to eat 
whatever he needs or else he loses that ability you could play that really cool in a lot of ways in the movie where you know you do make it very explicit that he's blind or he hasn't eaten anybody's ears in a while so he's deaf or something like that like his senses are constantly going in and out depending on his diet that could have been cool but they fucking don't use that whatsoever it's just it's just stupid man um it's not funny enough to make fun of and hate watch no it's not scary enough to watch for just like a good you know horror movie i do seriously feel like there's some kind of like high frequency subliminal message in this flick that is convincing people that it's good that you and i can't hear you know what i mean yeah because we're too old like our ears just can't hear like that you know they have those like tones that only teenagers can hear right yeah yeah Yeah. this is a tone we just can't hear that's what it is man and honestly i feel like i feel like if anybody else would have made this movie i would give it like a one Mm -hmm. but because it was made by a fucking confirmed child rapist it's a fucking zero fuck you you piece of shit fuck you for raping a kid and fuck you Uh. for making a shitty movie Go fuck Don't yourself. go see this movie. Do, by the way, Jeepers Creepers 3 is coming out the week that we release this. Don't go see it. Yeah, Just don't. Don't, yeah. don't give them any money. That's the thing I want everybody to understand. Every dollar that you spend is a vote that you want that product yeah. to continue. That's all there I is hate, to it. Yeah. I hate that. I hate that that's true. That's not one of my favorite things in the world because that makes rich people more powerful. But yeah, if you give your money to this, they're going to make another one. That means that director writer is going to get more money. Yeah. And I guarantee you, no, there he wasn't just experimenting in 1988. Yep. He still wants to fuck kids and he still probably is doing it. Uh, every time that you spend a dollar supporting a pedophile, you're saying, I want this guy to continue working. I'm going to go ahead and uh say uh this is a tangent wink wink i haven't seen any wooden Al- woody allen movies since um i don't know manhattan dude that's you know what there's some woody allen stuff that could have ended up on my hate list too like cassandra's dream i watched that several years ago mm-hmm. fuck that movie is horrible horrible dude midnight in paris is fucking awful that's a uh-huh. stupid movie but again, total tangent and not related to the child rapist director yeah. and writer. <laughs> total tangent. Unrelated. Woody Allen and this child rapist have very few things in common. Yeah, not saying they have anything related. <laughs> so yeah, basically don't go support this fucking piece of shit. I feel bad that I spent money to rent it. Uh, yeah me too don't waste your time it's not it's not good it's not a good scary movie i don't care what anybody says i seriously think people are hypnotized or brainwashed it's a fucking stupid movie there's a million other movies if you want to watch something similar there's a million other movies you could watch go watch high tension go watch the hitcher mm-hmm. there's both good movies sure. yeah there and and there's numerous other ones too that you could use to fill the void that are better than this and support better more talented people in this movie play hey if you want to see that cool creature design done well play the dawn guard dlc for skyrim there you go volcahar vampires they look just like it and they're way cooler also don't fuck kids oh by the way real quick plug for not fucking kids (laughs) we'd really like to support that that's a that's a, a positive move we can all make well, Steve, next week on the show, we're going to be into the, uh, we're going to be, I think, releasing shows into the October month, right? 
Yeah, it'll be our first October episode. I'm so excited. I actually just started decorating for Halloween today. Kind of did some decorating mm-hmm. in my living room and stuff. We love Halloween, so yeah, I fucking absolutely love this season. So it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to be reviewing one of my favorite flicks that I watch every Halloween, which is Trick mm-hmm. or Treat. Now, this yeah. is not Trick or a Treat. It's Trick apostrophe R, which came out in, what, 2008-ish? Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, an anthology series with uh, a lot of cool actors in it. Uh, the stories are great. I really enjoy Trick or Treat, so I'm glad we're talking about it. it and that's perfect to get into that Halloween spirit. Absolutely. We're going to be doing a lot of just kind of classic Halloween horror favorites throughout the month of October, so be sure to stay tuned. You guys, please do us a favor and go on iTunes and rate and review this podcast, even if it's just a five-star review with a one-word sick review that's all that you need just make it uh, g-rated or else itunes will not post it so please go in there and give us a good review you guys can follow me on instagram and twitter at ben eller guitar steve where they can, where can they follow this podcast online uh you can always find us at dead lovely pod on instagram and sometimes on twitter yep we also have a Facebook group that uh, is pretty active and fun. And you can email us, deadandlovelypod at gmail.com. And you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, etc. at Steven Spratling, Steven with a V, the only way to spell it. All right. Now, you guys be sure to tune in next week for our trick-or-treat episode. And uh, thank you guys again so much for listening. You guys have been absolutely delightful. And we have been dead and lovely. Say goodnight, Steve. Fuck Delilah. Bye. (laughs) 